Amen. So we've been talking about this, uh, this concept of God being over us, on us, and in us. And if you want to open your Bible with me, we're going to start in the book of Ephesians. Thank you. Chapter 4 and verse 6. Just one verse there that we're going to read. When you have it, if you can say amen, so we can read it together. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. God is good. Amen. You guys have it? All right. The Bible says, One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Amen? So he says, One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So let's pray before we get started so the Lord may speak to us this afternoon. And I know God has something special for each and every single one of you this afternoon. So, Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for this place. We thank you for the family in Christ that's in this place, Lord. Um, We ask that you open up the hearts, that you speak, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. We love your word. We love hearing about you. We love hearing what you've done for us. We love hearing who you are, God. So right now, God, just open our hearts to receive that, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. So as we spoke about last week, no, two weeks ago, uh, God is, he's our God, amen? But he's also our father, and, and he's, he desires to, to be our father, and he desires to take care of us in, in a fatherly way. And a, a lot of the time in our relationship with God, we, we, we do have a God, we believe in God, but God wants us to have a long-lasting relationship with our Father and our friend, amen? So that's, that's what Paul is saying here. He's, he's one God, and, and he's Father of all. And he's talking to the body of Christ in this, in this context, because he's talking about unity in Ephesians chapter 4. He talks about one body, one spirit, one baptism, one Lord. And he talks about all these things that um, unite the body of Jesus Christ. And he's saying that God is over us, he's through us, and he's in all of us. And that word through is like with. In other words, if you look it up in the Greek, it's like he's with us. Amen. So he's on us. He's he's a part of us, but he's also next to us and he walks with us. And that's something that we need to understand as believers is, you know, we we often understand that we have a relationship with God, but we don't understand the full capacity of who God is in our life to the point where he's over every area of our life. He's with us all the time. He's speaking to us all the time and he's in us. So we're able to kind of express God to others. Amen. So that's kind of the concept of this, uh, this message, this topic. And uh, what we were talking about last time is that uh, the enemy will sometimes try to take advantage of areas of our life. And those areas, they really belong to God, you know. It, but I want to let you know that those areas are God's, but... He, the enemy, what he'll do is he'll lie and it'll become like an illusion and, 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 a, and a deception that, that he's in that area. And sometimes it'll seem like, like we have no hope, like, like we'll never, you know, succeed or, or, or we, it just doesn't look bright for us. And that's, those are lies. Amen. Can you say amen to that? Because those, those are extreme lies from the enemy. He, he is a liar and we rebuke him in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So the way that I illustrated that last week, and I want to take you there again, is, is in the book of Daniel. I'm just kind of touching on some points while I, while I get to, uh, to what I need to get to. That's in Daniel chapter 3, if you can go with me there. And we're going to read in verse 17 and 18. And we're going to read about Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and what they responded to Nebuchadnezzar. So Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. Are you there? I know some of you are still loading. <laughs> Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. Amen? It says, If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning uh, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So as you remember, these guys didn't obey the king. They didn't worship other idols. And they're taking them to punishment into a fiery furnace. And the fiery furnace is turned up seven times hot, uh, hotter than it, than it usually is. And they, and they respond to the king with these three things that I think are really key for us when we're having a relationship with God and the enemy is trying to put lies and life is trying to, to trick us and make us think that we're something that we're not. And so uh, 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 the three young men, they, they respond to the king and, and, and they say, he can deliver us, talking of God. He can deliver us and he will deliver us. Amen. Uh, how many believe that God can deliver and he will deliver? Amen. So for us, we're the body of Christ. So he has delivered us through, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But sometimes in life, we get trapped in these things that the enemy lies to us about. But you got to know that he can deliver you. He will deliver you. And, and the but if not is, is my favorite thing because he responds to the king and he says, but if not, we still will not worship your idols. In other words, the but if not statement is not necessarily for God, but it's for the enemy. It's because that's something that the enemy always says to us. I don't know if, if you've ever had that that, that moment where, where you don't know if God is even there, you don't, you don't know, you feel that way, and the enemy says, but what if he doesn't do that for you? But what if he doesn't deliver you? What if he, you know, he doesn't, you know, give you what, what you're asking for? See, that but if not was for the enemy. That but if not has to be in our language. It has to be in our faith. It has to be in our heart. We must be able to respond with he can, he will. But if not, I will continue to worship him. And the but if not is not doubt. It's not something that is like an escape goat, but, but if not, you know, like I, I said, but if not. No, no, it's, it's something of faith. It's something believing that our Father will do it. Because He will. If He promised it, He will. He will do it. And He does it for these young men, as we read two weeks ago. He delivers them. But I want to tell you something this afternoon. I want to tell you something about these three young men. This was not their first time having to make these kind of statements. As I meditated in this, the, the, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about who these young men were and what kind of young men they had become at this moment. You see, this was not their first rodeo. Amen? This was not their first time making decisions. You see, they had their priorities straight. All right. Thank you. 
they had their priorities. See, when you have your priorities straight, things line up. The problem with us sometimes is that we have our priorities are all jumbled up. You know, we don't know what we should be prioritizing. And prioritizing means that you know what's one, two, three, and four. But not just that. Not in such a linear way. But priority means attention. What you give your attention to the most. What you are aware of the most. So my question to you today is, what is your priority in life? What do you prioritize the most in life? What are you constantly thinking about the most in life? What has your attention the most in life? Because we got to learn to prioritize in our life. Amen? This is not just for, uh, you know... Business, you know, business people, they have to prioritize what they're going to do. The, you know, a bunch of projects come on your lap if you're in business and you got to figure out what's important. And you got to get that thing that your boss wants done today. That's the one you got to focus on. But then you have 10,000 other things that you have to do. Anybody feel me this afternoon? So what is your priority in life? There's a lot of things, a lot of choices that you have in life. But what is your priority? What what has your attention? What has your awareness? You see, it should be God. Because of everything that he has done for us. Our response should be, my priority is Jesus. Amen? But sometimes it's not. Keep it real. These young men had their priorities in order. When we have our priorities in order, like I said, things just happen to line up. So these young men are taken from Israel. Some of you know this story with Daniel. And they're taken to Babylon. And Babylon is offering young men classes and university just to put it in our language you're going to study everything that the babylonians know the the math the science the culture and the wisdom and understanding of babylon but only only young men the bible says without blemish can take part of what the king has to offer this is daniel chapter one if you want to read it later And these young men, including Daniel, Meshach, Sadrach, and Abednego, are in this this chosen few by the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And then they come into the king's court. And one of the eunuchs, which is the lead eunuch, offers them, offers them the king's table. But you see, on the king's table, there was all types of food. And these Jewish young men, these, these Israelite young men, they could not eat everything that the king had to offer. Amen? So there was, you know, there was some bacon, you know, some ham there. Some, you know, the holidays are coming, some honey, you know, uh, ham is, right? That's what we eat. Right. There you go, that thing. There was some, some shellfish, you know, some lobster. Hallelujah. Lobster, anybody? All right. Some, some shrimp. Hey, all right. And some, uh, you know, some, some stuff that, that these young men could not eat. Now, if it was us. 
If it was, you know, when, when, when the, king's, the king's table, you know, like this is, woo, this is, you know, they had the cheesecake, you know, they had the pumpkin cheesecake because it was October. They had, you know, they had, you know, they had pastel de tres leches. That's my favorite. You know, they had, they had churros, nice and warm. You know, they had all these, all these, all these delicacies, the Bible says. And, and, and sometimes what the world has to offer, man, it looks good sometimes, don't it? It looks like that can't hurt me like I'm, I got Jesus, you know. It just looks like, you know, you could take part in anything. But, but these young men had their priorities straight. And Daniel stands up. I love this. Daniel stands up and he says, you know, uh, we can't eat all this uh, uh, because of who I am. Because I know who I am, because I, I know who my God is, and because, uh, you know, it's the old covenant, but at least he knows who he is. He knows his identity. He knows who he belongs to. He knows that he's part of, of a chosen people. I mean, you are part of a chosen people. You are called royalty. You are called royal priesthood. You are called a holy nation. He knew. He understood. This is who I am. I can't touch that. And he tells the eunuch, he says, you know what? I'm into like, you know, vegetables. He says, we're going to eat vegetables and water. Now, that's. That's different. And sometimes, sometimes we're going to be a little bit different. And sometimes when our priority is, uh, what'd you do this weekend? Well, you know, uh, I went to church the whole weekend. You know, like last weekend, it was like we had Friday service. We had evangelism on Saturday and then church on Sunday, our anniversary. And what'd you do this weekend? Uh, hang out at church all weekend. That's all you, for the most part. But you see, I I don't mind it because I love coming with my brothers and sisters and worshiping God. Amen. I love partaking with the body of Christ and worshiping God because, you know, I don't need to come to church necessarily to, to have a relationship with God. But God brings me because I, I need relationship with others and I need to worship corporately because he moves differently when the body of Christ is together than when he moves individually. Come on, somebody. So we, we, we come together and we worship God. And so my priority is God. My, my, my attention, my thinking is God. And it's not to say that I'm, you know, like, like Kevin said once, it's not to say like I'm saying no to everything else. I'm just walking around saying no, 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 no devil, no sin, no. No, I'm not. I'm just saying one yes. And that's all that matters is that you say one yes. And that yes is to God. Come on, somebody. So. So Daniel stands up and he's like, we're just, we're not going to eat of the king's table now. Now, mind you, that's an insult. And on top of that, he promises after, I think, 10 days, we're going to eat veggies and water and we're going to be stronger and smarter than all these other 
Fat guys. We're going to be stronger and we're going to be wiser and we're going to do better than all of these because you're offering all of this, but I know my priority, so I'm going to just eat what I know is good for me. Come on, this is spiritual for us. We can't just put anything in, in, our, in, our, in our being. We can't just listen to anything, watch anything. We can't do that because we got to know who we are and we got to prioritize. Sometimes we're going to have to turn off the Netflix. I know. It's tough. You know, I, I know. I, you know, I, I got my shows too. Come on, preach. And sometimes, you know, you just want to watch the whole thing in one whole day, right? Because you're like, man, these shows are so good. Why are they so good? Wow. But you got to, you're going to have to prioritize some of you like why is all this stuff happening have you been prioritizing why do i feel like the enemy he's just like always priorities we need some priorities in our life and it's not religious don't think it's rules and god it's not religious it's all relationship when my you know you know, I got to say yes to my wife a lot. Because I'm in relationship with her. If I say no too often, it's going to get weird at home. Right? Because I, I have relationship with her. I'm, I, I, I'm in deep. And she knows me the most out of all of you. Fears and, you know, all of that stuff. That I'm just like, man, she could put me out like. She could write one Facebook post and I'm done. Because she knows me. God knows us, man. He knows us. And he just wants us, you know, he just wants us to, to make him like everything. Just how he's made us everything. And Daniel and, and the three young guys, they, they don't eat any of the meat. They don't eat any of the pumpkin cheesecake. I mean, we could actually kind of take some of these tips if, if you know what I mean. Physically, I mean. And after the days have passed... The Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 that this is the way he, they describe it. But, uh, you know, it's just back then this word was a little different. They were stronger. They were fatter. You know, in a good way. In a healthy way. And they were smarter. It's almost like I could hear my mom come, like saying when I was a kid, eat your veggies. It, it makes you smarter. But, but in our case, it's like we want, we want the results. We want, we want the fiery furnace results, right? But, but these young men had started since they first came to Babylon making the right choices. And, and, and by the way, we got to stop blaming other people for our own choices. Like if you made the choice that you know that even angry, like you choose to be angry. Because, you, you know, no one else should dictate how you feel. Unless you're married to them. Then we can talk differently. But even then, like, like you, still have, you, ha- you still have to choose. Like, that's one of, like, the main things they say in anger management, for example. Like, you have to choose. Like, I'm going to choose not to let this make me angry. I'm going to, whatever the techniques they use to go breathe or whatever. But we got to make the right choices 
today so that they can be in effect tomorrow. They were already making the right choices. They had been practicing their responsibility. By the time they got to Nebuchadnezzar in the fiery furnace, their responsibility, their priorities, it was mature already. The simple, the simple uh, choice of not eating at the king's table, to me what it represents is they had already made up their mind and in their hearts what was first in their life. I mean, you can see it in Daniel as well. They told him, if you pray, we're going to throw you in with some lions. And his priority didn't change. Amen? So let's, uh, I want to show you the result. So let's go to Daniel chapter 1, verse 18. You there? It's just the first chapter. We were on chapter 3. It says, uh, verse 18, it says, Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, and these are their old names, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers who were all in his realm. Ten times better. Man, when you get your priorities straight, Things are going to be better. And remember, it's not like, you know, it's, it's attention. It's awareness of what? Of who God is, of who you are. It's relationship. When our relationship is just, you know, we want the result, but our, is our relation, are we prioritizing this relationship that is so important in our life? So my question to you again is, is what are your priorities and what, you know, what's, what, what What's number one in your life? What's, what's that, that thing that you go to every single day? It shouldn't be shocking to people that you say, I pray every day. I know some of us sometimes, wow, you did? Wow. Amazing. You talk to God, your father, the one that you worship on Sundays, every Sunday. The every, every day, amen? No amens? Okay. They ate the veggies and water and were still stronger. Again, brothers and sisters, the the choices that you make today will affect tomorrow's results. Today, make the right choices. Prioritize your time. And you'll have the results that that you dream about. You you all have dreams. You all have desires that God has put in your heart. You all have ministries. You all have, have callings and purpose that God has placed in your heart. But I would challenge you, prioritize. Prioritize your time with God. It's not a religious thing. It's not a forced thing. Have relationship. That's all that means. Have relationship. Go to him every single day. God has given us the tools and the freedom to make these powerful choices in life. To choose him. To choose him every single day. 
We get to choose to be obedient, amen? Because we could, we could choose not to be. We could choose to be obedient, and it's so beautiful because it's just following what he says. It's, it's submitting ourselves under his grace, un, under what he's done for us. He can, he will, but if not, was a result of the choices they had been making since the beginning, since they got there. Amen? And did God free them? Yes. And I'm not saying God's not going to free you or deliver you if you don't prioritize him. I'm just saying that when things come into your life and he has your number one attention, man, there's times where he warns you of what's coming. I don't know about you, but I've been warned of what's coming. You know, every... I value my relationship with God. I value it so much. I, I, I talk to him. I, I try to, you know, I ask him, Lord, like, what are you saying today to me, to my wife? What are you saying to the church? I value my relationship. And in every instance where I've had issues, I've gone to him for the answer. And, like, it's been waiting there for me. And I can hear his voice. Now, some people get into this place where they can't even hear God's voice. Like, they don't know. And that's why, you know, pastors and leaders are here so we can help you. But at the end of the day, you need your own relationship with God. I'll tell you an experience we had one time, me and my wife. I think I've said it before, but, eh, there's new people here. So, me and my wife used to be youth leaders. And we were really, it was early on. It was like... We were barely started, and um, yeah, so we, we were doing stuff, but not like major things. We were just kind of helping, but we were, we were in leadership, and there was this sister in Christ, bless her, um, who just kind of went a different way. For us, it was, it was a little much. You know, we were kind of like babies almost um, in that like in that arena, you know. And I remember that uh, there was like a season. I don't know if, maybe not, but there was a season in in uh, in kind of those circles where like everything was a demon, you know, like there was a demon there. I just saw three over there and like, like everything was demonic, right? And I'm not saying that that can't happen. I'm just saying like, like, we're the angels though, you know, like it was, everything was, come on you know so yeah so you know that person's possessed and blah 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 and like and then it it got kind of serious where like like people in leadership she was kind of saying like hey that you know and I you know I was just like new I was like really like wow we gotta pray like the leaders are possessed how are we doing let that marinate so we kind of got like, I, I couldn't even sleep, you know, it was like, I, I love God. I love his church. I love his people. And that's kind of serious stuff, right? So when that's going on, I have to kind of, you know, I, I have my relationship with him. Like that, that's what, that's why I'm where I am. So, uh, Cynthia got a little stressed out. And, and she started getting like these these stress kind of knots on her neck, and we we weren't we weren't married yet. We were still dating. But someone you know someone told me like hey like if that's your, you know the only reason you date is because 
you know, you're getting married, and if that's going to be your, your wife one day, like, hey, you know, step up, buddy. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you helping the situation, or are you making it worse? So uh, I went to Dad in heaven, and I said, Lord, like, what's going on? And immediately I heard a voice in my heart. The Holy Spirit said, stop talking to those people right now. They're, you know, like they're brothers in Christ, but sometimes, you know, you need a little, give me a little two feet at least. And I said, really? Oh, yeah, okay, I'm obedient. And I said, honey, we're not going to talk to these people anymore because I don't need nobody else's burdens. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got some stuff going on, so why do I need someone else's you know, like, we can help other people. The Bible says help your brother who has burden, but don't get burdened yourself, and all of a sudden you're sinning. No, like, no. So being that my wife is, you know, my wife and was going to be my wife back then, I said, we're going to cut these relationships. And sure enough, God delivered us, man. He, he, wow, he did some things, and I can't even get into the things that that happened, but man, we dodged some bullets because of that decision. But but we didn't know that that was coming. But we had our relationship with God. I had I had my relationship when 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 stuff started happening in my life, like four years ago ish, and and it was negative. I knew it was coming. God had told me, this, this is what's coming, son. Are you sure? Yes, I want to do it. I love you, Lord. I want to serve you. Are you sure? Okay, do it. But this is coming, just so you know. That's what happens when you just like, have that connection with God. Amen? And that's what happened to these young men. They prioritized their time. They knew who God was over them, on them, and in them. And they knew, like, man, I am in him so much. Like, man, he's going to warn me about everything because I'm making him like everything in my life. That's what God wants from us. And so they're set free. And we have been set free. For freedom we have been set free, the Bible says. And just like they had been set free, also the Israelites were set free in the land of Egypt. And I left you last week with Exodus chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. And I want to read it this time, and I want to talk about it, because it, it, it matters to our daily life, this passage. So let's go to it. Exodus chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. All right, let's read it. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. Man, when I read this, I was shocked. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I had read it, but maybe just read it, you know. And when I read this last time, I was like, what? The God says, you know, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron shall be your prophet. There's something happening in the, in the air in Egypt around this time. Something is shifting, and that's what I want you to get from this whole message, 
is that something has shifted in our life. Like, like we were in bondage and we were enslaved and we were in Egypt, but something started happening in our lives that I believe this is the beginning of what's, what's going to happen in Egypt is that God says to Moses, Pharaoh is going to see you as God. So that, that everything that you say and, and how you walk and the miracles and the signs and wonders are going to bring glory to me, the one that's sending you. He's going to see me in you. Does that sound familiar to anyone? See, see, that's what God has called us to be. He's called us to be like him on this earth. The Bible says that we are the light of this world and the salt of this earth. Have you ever paid attention to that statement? The light of this world and the salt of this earth. Those are two different things. I know light and salt are different, but world and earth are different. The light of the world. World is a different word that they use there in the Greek. World is the system. It's society. It's, it's the government. It's, it's all that belongs within a world system. So we are to be the light in the world, the light in society, the light in our jobs, the light in our culture, the light in every aspect where men rules. We are to be light in that government, in that ruling of men. Does that make sense? And then we are to be salt of the earth, meaning the land, the earth. We are to be the flavor on this planet. The reason this planet is alive and vibrant is because the salt of the earth is in this place. You and I. These are two different things. And this is exactly what parallels what Moses and Aaron are. Moses is kind of like the king. He's the leader of the Israelites. And Aaron is the priest. The high priest, amen? So, see, it parallels us. We are, we are like two combined. We are royal priesthood from the line of Melchizedek. We're not from the line of Aaron or Moses uh, in regards to our priesthood. We're not from the line of Levite. We're from the line of Melchizedek, who was a king and a priest. And that's what God calls us. We are from that line. You can read that in Hebrews. It's in Hebrews. But anyway, so... Pharaoh starts to see uh, uh, Moses as a representation of who God is. And Aaron is his mouthpiece, his, his prophet, the one that has the vision, that tells the future, that helps Moses with the signs and the wonders and the miracles. Why? Because something is starting to happen in Egypt. People are going to be set free. The atmosphere is changing. The atmosphere is changing. Now, when the enemy was going to hear the voice of Moses and Aaron and see the signs and miracles and wonders that Moses and Aaron would bring, he was going to see God. Pharaoh and the Egyptians, brothers and sisters, were influenced by Satan to oppress, depress, and enslave the people of God. Why? Why was this such a mission in the enemy's, you know, agenda? Because he knew that there was one to come. 
He knew that Jesus was to come from Israel. He knew that a Messiah was to come because God the Father told him in the Garden of Eden that her seed would crush his head and that seed had not come yet and he kept trying to kill that seed and he kept trying to oppress that seed and depress and enslave that seed so Egypt was being influenced by Satan but here comes God and he chooses a man to represent himself in there so that the enemy can be embarrassed and ashamed by the power of God through a human being made of dirt but in God's image man that's powerful that's powerful because you understand why the Egyptians and and the Pharaoh was so why their heart was so hardened towards the Israelites because they wanted to oppress the light. But you can't oppress the light because the light will shine in darkness. The light will shine in darkness. And the light began to shine in that dark place named Egypt. And people began to be set free. Amen. So let's keep reading in verse 9. See what happens here. What starts to happen in this atmosphere? I want you to see because this is going to help us in life. When Pharaoh speaks, verse 9, when Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and they did so just as the Lord commanded And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants. And and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh, you guys know this, also called the wise men and the sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. What we're about to get into is like this journey of what God begins to do to set his people free. And I want you to understand that that's what he did with you and I. Because I want you to walk in freedom, total freedom, knowing that God is over us, on us, and in us. That the enemy has no power. He's been defeated. He's a liar. He's, you know, he's, he's nothing to us. Because of Jesus Christ. So he, uh, Aaron throws his rod, his staff, and it becomes a serpent, right? It's like this miraculous sign of God. It's a, a beautiful sign of God. Wow, what a miracle. And then the magicians come and they do the same. They start to throw their rods and they become snakes. Whoa. What? I'm like, I, I, thought, we had, I thought we had this thing. God, like, this was our thing. How did they... How did they do that? Moses and Aaron, if I'm Moses and Aaron, I'm out of there. Like, wait a minute. I only have one. They have like two or three or whatever they have, but they have more than one. And now and now they have snakes and I have snakes. And we're looking at each other like, what's going to happen here? We all got snakes. But you see, God, you, you don't think God knew this was going to happen? God, God knew this was going to happen. He knew that, that he was starting something here, that freedom, that, that freedom was coming for the Israelites, that heaven was whispering freedom through this sign. Heaven was whispering here, freedom, freedom is coming. Because the serpent that belonged to Aaron began to swallow 
the other serpents. That's what God told me. Truth will always devour the lie. Truth will always eat up the lie. When we know truth, truth, the Bible says, sets us free. When, when we know truth, it just devours the lies of the enemy, the, the imitation of the enemy. See, this was a sign. This was a miraculous sign that freedom was there already. Freedom is coming. You know, when Jesus changed water into wine, it says that the wine was running out, right? And that he came and he made new wine. Now, a lot of, you know, people would say, oh, that's an awesome miracle, like the wine and, you know, the party and we can drink wine too. And, you know, like all this stuff that comes out of that story, right? But what God was telling me, this was a sign as well. This was a sign to say, look, the old is running out. The new is here. Jesus is here to make the new covenant, the new wine. The old was running out, but the new was here with Jesus. Same thing with Moses and Aaron when they threw the serpent. The others threw the serpent, but Aaron's rod ate up that serpent, and they devoured it because freedom was beginning to happen for the people of Israel. And that's what God wants us to understand. In 2 Timothy, the Bible says in in chapter 3, verse 8, These teachers oppose the truth. Listen to this. These teachers oppose what? The truth, the Bible says. As Janus and Jambres, listen, opposed Moses. These these were these guys that opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. The Bible speaks of and calls them by name. Why? Because they oppose the truth. Aaron threw his rod, which was something that was powerful from God. They threw theirs, but theirs was imitation. And God devoured it with the truth of, of what he was doing with the people of Israel. And here, and then becomes, uh, 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 it, uh, the, the story begins there of, of the people of Israel being set free. Truth will always get rid of the lie. So when the enemy is trying to lie to you, trying to, you know, like misery loves company, guys. Amen. So like the enemy, he lives in fear and he lives condemned. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came to judge and condemn Satan. It says in the book of John, he came to judge and condemn him. So that's why he tries to make you feel condemned so that he can feel at home with you. So when you feel condemned, that he's trying to make you feel at home with him. No, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And when he puts fear in you, it's because he lives in constant fear. He wants to make you feel like that, too. But you're more powerful than that because you have been set free. For freedom, you have been set free. So this is where, like, it begins to show that God is, God is about to take off the oppression of Satan, the depression that he has put in his people, and also the enslavement. He's about to set them free totally, just as he's done with us. The parallels here are amazing. They're amazing when it comes to our life. So we'll talk about that next week. But I just wanted to leave you with that this afternoon and and tell you that God has set you free, that you just have to prioritize, that you just have to kind of, you know, have your relationship with God and, and, and every single day love with him, you know, pray with him and, and just talk to him. And, and you can talk. It's just a conversation. It's, it's not like uh, uh, we were talking with uh, Kevin and Merrill till like 2 in the morning on Friday night here. And I told them, you know, sometimes we think prayer is like a transmission. 
like, and then, like, we lose the transmission and we have to start over. And, like, and when we say amen, it's like the transmission's lost and I have to kind of start over with, with my prayer. No, uh, prayer is a communication. Prayer is, is, is a dialogue. It's back and forth. And you can stop and you can say, I'm going to go wash the dishes, Lord, and keep talking to him. It's just communication, amen? So let's, let's do that. Let's continue to prioritize our relationship with God. Why don't you get on your feet? Let's pray this afternoon.